Welcome to another edition of Hawk Off the Press. After the final score, I'm John Steppe, joined by the one and only Mike Haas. After a 13-10 Iowa victory, wasn't always the prettiest one, but Iowa keeps Floyd in Iowa City for another year, and more importantly, they are now one win away from potentially a Big Ten West title. Uh, yeah, just like I told you in Columbus. It seemed like a distant thought in Columbus, and now... Not so no, distant. it wasn't distant to me. I told you after they lost that game 54-10 to 10, that they're not going to lose another game. And if things break right, they'll play for the Big Ten title, and here we are. Well, the interesting thing were those two turnovers on that last drive. Nice or those segue. last... <laughs> I said quickly... You didn't want to acknowledge my greatness, so you start talking about somebody's mistakes. <laughs> Mike, I acknowledge your greatness on a daily basis. That's, you just don't hear uh, it. No, I don't. <laughs> well, let's speak about the defense's greatness. Look at that segue. The defense's greatness, the two turnovers there on the last two defensive drives. Yeah. Well, last two real defensive drives, unless you count the 28-second one. How easy would it have been for Iowa to lose that game extremely easy? Oh, yeah. Just ridiculously easy. If Ibrahim, uh, I, I always mispronounce his name, if he doesn't fumble on the only time in his 39 carries when they're down in the red zone, okay, Minnesota probably wins that game. And if Jack Campbell doesn't come up with that carom off of Riley Moss's pass breakup for the pick, and returns it, what, he have a 30, 40-yard return? I think it was 35, although yeah, yeah, but if so, his foot didn't step on the line, it would have been a lot more. Yeah, so, I mean, two turnovers in the final five minutes in a game that had been turnover-free, and Jack Campbell gets both turnovers, uh, which was an extraordinary individual performance. I mean, he was the first to say Riley Moss made a great play to lead to his pick, but I saw the replay, I watched the replay three or four times, and yeah, but... Campbell was right there in the perfect spot, which he has this incredible talent for being, you know, whether it's interceptions, fumbles. Uh, God, what did he do last year? I mean, he was involved in uh, a couple, wasn't he involved in a couple of defensive touchdowns last year? It doesn't yeah. matter. The point is, he has a, a, an innate sense of where to be at all times when he's not leading the team in tackles, which he does every game, it seems like. And he had an All-America performance that, that uh, he certainly doing, didn't do it single-handedly, but he was the star of the game. You're talking about a, a uh, All-America linebacker who made an All-America play on the All-America running back to get that fumble. And... Uh, and then he has the pick three minutes later. It was sensational. Yeah, you know, All-America all around. and He had ten tackles, led the team. Only ten tackles yeah, this yeah. week. That's the crazy thing, too. Is average. Yeah, is, there are times where he's going to end up with more than that. And when I was filling out my All-America ballot, he was the easiest name to put on there. It's clear, and today made it even more clear why... Iowa really has an All-American there. Yeah, and, and look, it's a defense full of studs. Uh, this was the eighth 
time this season. They held a team to 10 points or less. That's not done in major college football. Uh, not in 2022. No, and uh, Iowa hadn't done it seven times since, oh, decades and decades. I forgot what the year was, but it hadn't happened under Ferentz. Eight times in 11 games, they've held teams to 10 points or less. They have the worst offense in Power 5 football, and they're a win away from the Big Ten championship game. That is, it's not impossible, clearly, because they're doing it, but uh, it defies all, you know, rhyme and reason. And you look at it, today I think it was a hundred-some-yard deficit that they had I believe it's an 80-some-yard deficit last week. Yeah. Last week, they get 146 yards of offense and win the game by two touchdowns. That's not done in major college football. That's not done at any level of football. This week, a running back gets 263 yards against them. It's the most anybody's had against Iowa since 1993. 263 yards, a running back and you only get 10 points and you lose. That never, ever, 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 ever happens. When you have a running back that gets 263 yards, your odds of winning are like, uh, well, 99.94%, I think. I'm just making that up, but <laughs> it never happens. You've never heard of a, of a team that had a 263-yard rusher that lost. Uh, somebody out there will probably correct me, but I sure, I can't imagine it. And they, and that's what happened. Minnesota had 399 yards, 300 some rushing, one touchdown. Uh, the defense got, the defense bent like it was in a derecho, uh, but, but, but the, but the, the trees pop back up, <laughs> you know, it's, uh. Uh, the, the the roof somehow stayed intact. It's just it is. I mean, I we've talked about it in private, and we've and we've talked about it on here. It's the screwiest season of all time, and I knew coming up here something crazy was going to happen, and of course it did. Yeah, my prediction. I was looking at it on paper, and I thought, okay, this Minnesota team on paper could do well against Iowa, but I feared something kind of screwy would have to happen and two screwy things happened yeah. instead well I, I i looked at the freshman quarterback and i said they'll be one-dimensional and that'll be their undoing but the the, the kid the freshman uh with the greek name i he, he he did a fine job of the quote-unquote game manager until it's they've got third and seven or eight uh and they pass and that's when mistake number two happened. Iowa, on the other hand, okay, the offense wasn't the offense wasn't bad. It just was uh, it was ordinary. Yeah, they they had a hard time running the ball all game, but they had zero turnovers and they committed zero penalties. And uh, and that when you, when you have that, that's sort of like plus yardage that's not in the box score. So uh, it was a, a better offensive performance than I think the stats indicate. And then, of course, Petrus hooks up with Lachey for the big play downfield that sets up their game-winning field goal. Uh, that was a 
that may turn out to be a division-winning pass. Yeah, and to your point about the no turnovers from the offense, now 6-1 and one when Iowa wins the turnover margin versus 1-3 and three this season when they tie or lose the turnover margin. So I sound like a broken record every week when I talk about turnovers and my three keys. But really with this team, if they win the turnover margin, it's usually good results. Yeah, I mean, they don't. their passing statistics are lousy, but... The one stat that isn't is five interceptions in 11 games. That's pretty, you know, that gives you a, a chance. And they don't fumble a lot either. So, uh, I don't know. This was this was one of those games where there was so much to talk about and so much to remember for a 13-10 game that... that uh, it, it, it took a while to sort of absorb this one. Yeah, and the interesting thing, too, is I think it's going to take a while to absorb just this whole second half of the season to think about what I should give you more credit for predicting in Columbus. Yeah, where October 22, they lost 54-10. to 10. Uh, The offense didn't fire a shot. And they're 1-3 in the Big Ten, and if you would have just said... West Division contender, you know, you would have been ridiculed. And with good reason. They look like, uh, I wouldn't say that they were, you know, the train had jumped the track, but it looked like it definitely needed a lot of repairmen. Yeah. And uh, the offensive line had a bit of a, oh, a, a growth spurt for two straight games and they won convincingly. Then against Wisconsin, the offense gets shut down, but the defense and special teams guide them to victory. And then um, it was a hodgepodge up here. Special teams were really good. The offense did enough, not any more than it had to, but enough. And the defense, like I, like you know, we've talked about, uh, it... it uh, they got run over, but they didn't get crushed. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, they were still, uh, they took a lot of punches, man. I mean, uh, it, I had the binoculars on Ibrahim all day, and he was he was something to watch. I mean, yeah. he commanded so much respect in the postgame from Ferentz and Iowa's players, and deservedly so. But uh, you heard him talking about him Tuesday. It was genuine respect and admiration. The guy is... The real deal. I mean, he's an NFL player. He should be if he stays healthy. And what he has done, not just today, but in his entire career, is 19 straight 100-yard games. And now 24 total in his career. Yeah. That's incredible. Six 200-yard games, I think. Five or six. Uh, 19 in a row, though. Uh, I believe Archie Griffin is the only college player who's topped that. I remember... When Sean Green played for Iowa and he ran for 100 yards in all 13 games. And when you see all 13 games, you say to yourself, that is absolutely sensational. And it was. This guy's done it 19 times. And uh, uh, and he got off to a slow start. Yeah. It was two yards, two yards, three yards. And then it became chunks. And he wanted the ball play after play after play after play. 
So uh, in, in the context of a big win for Iowa, we also saw one of the greatest individual performances you're ever going to see. And I sort of felt, I mean, I'm not going to say I sort of did, I felt sorry from fumbling because it was it was too great a performance to be marred by anything. Yeah, because that's going to be the one thing that he's going to be thinking over, you know, but that's the way that football goes. It's an interesting sport, and really with this remarkable turnaround, Nebraska's not a very difficult opponent. They should be able to beat them. Well, I mean, but, look, look, I mean, don't... I don't know what kind of state of mind they'll be in when they get to Iowa City. They, it might just be, let's get this over with. Uh, we've seen that on occasion when Iowa played over there. But I think it's like four of the last five times Iowa's played Nebraska. Once it was a blowout, but the other four times Iowa won by one score. Iowa got way behind last year and rallied to win by one score. Nebraska's lost, I bet, four times this year by one score. They lost in the last 30 40 seconds to Wisconsin today by one point. They're they're always just good enough to lose. <laughs> but I don't know if they're going to bring anything to this game, if it's just going to be luck. Uh, we're 3-8 and eight and we're just... We, we, we don't beat this team. We're, uh, let's just get it done. Or you never know with these teams... Especially with an interim coach who's trying to prove himself. Well, yeah, and he's not going to get that job. But, uh, you know, these players maybe want to put good things on film for the next coach. You know, you don't take anything for granted against a team like Iowa's that's capable of scoring 10 points any given day. But Nebraska's got a bad defense. I, I see Iowa winning this game convincingly. But uh, until it happens... We can't be positive. And I think it's important important to not overlook it, too, because... Well, there's nothing to overlook. <laughs> I mean, it, it's win or it's... it's. Boy, did you blow this. You yeah. Know? And they all know it. They know what's at stake. But they're playing winning football. Uh, it didn't look like it for a great deal of the time today. But they were because they hung in there. They hung in there, hung in there, hung in there, and when the opportunity presented itself, they seized it, and that's part of being a winner. And and I'm it's the first time this year that I'm really saying it, but this team's a winner. Yeah, and next week to uh, solidify that or take that away. If they win, it's the three and four team that everyone, myself included, seem to kind of count them out a little bit from the Big Ten West hunt. And yeah. if they lose, it's a seven and five team that is going to be tied for yeah. second or third or whatever and in the look, West. I mean, they might not have Laporta. Uh, the offensive line is still meh. You know? Yeah, I mean, you don't it, know what you're going to get on yeah, given week. I mean, it's better, but it's not great. Uh, who knows what the weather will be? Although the weather doesn't seem to matter. I mean, they went to Purdue, and was it Purdue in that? Crazy wind or the Wisconsin yeah. game? Yeah, Purdue is in that crazy wind yeah. because I remember driving yeah, in the yeah, Gazette yeah. Prius Purdue's and that. Purdue's in a crazy wind, and they score all 24 of their points into the wind. Uh, today it was the it was so cold, and I'm sure the, the field was rock hard. And I don't care. You know, the weather doesn't matter. So Black Friday, it can be 
15 degrees or or 45 degrees none of that stuff matters uh, they're going to be gung-ho to win a division title and uh, and then we'll really have something to talk about yeah and then uh, looks more and more likely like one more week of coverage before the break before the bowl game so well it's getting late here so we will wrap this up but i'll be back with another edition of hawk off the press this week until then we will talk hawks later get a daily update from the gazette with our daily news podcast add it to your podcast player or your alexa friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts